Yes, good evening everybody and welcome to this very, very special live podcast tonight. I'll tell you, I'm down here. It's not too cold at the moment. The Sunbury boys are just limbering up and uh, they take on the Midas and John Bosco. One, two on the bounce, but uh, I think that's where their run will stop tonight. Here with me is the uh, the filling captain tonight, Lockie. Lockie, how are you going to go tonight? I'm pretty pumped up tonight, actually. I feel like uh, the boys are, you know, being primed for tonight. Bosco are a bit of our, uh, I call them our bunnies over the past previous years. You know, we just beat them willy-nilly, really. So I see them as, uh, you know, just a bit of butter that I'm just going to put on the pan and uh, make a couple of pancakes with. That's fantastic stuff, mate. Um, now, uh, as we said, uh, sets three and four, mate. John Bosco, they get on a bit of a roll. They've won, they've won three of their four sets. Uh, what are you going to do to combat that? I don't do statistics like you, Mark. I kind of just see the ball and hit the ball. Um, I should I should probably think about it a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I'll leave the stats to you and I'll just let my uh, my tennis do the talking. Fantastic. Well, at least you get out there, mate. Hopefully a bit of white line fever we'll see tonight. Uh, that is all. We'll be back shortly with uh, another interview from uh, the King of Sunbury, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lockie. No problem. Good night, boys. Good on you. I'll tell you what, boys, it's a very, very close competition at the moment. Uh, I wouldn't want to uh, say where this one's going tonight. Anyway, I'm not going to reveal the score because there's no point in doing the rest of the podcast. So anyway, David Tumor. <laughs> I knew someone would be upset as soon as I mispronounced that one. The Emperor of the Sunbury Lawn Tennis Club. Not a Death Star type of emperor, but uh, more of a Chinese kind of philosopher. David, thank you very much for giving up a bit of your time tonight. Just down here watching the C-Special 1 boys at the club, and it's an absolute cracker. David, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. No worries. So uh, how long have you actually been down at Sunbury Coaching? Um, I'm just entering my 28th year. And how long did you expect when you first turned up that you would be here? Mm, Good question. I've never thought about that one. Probably a fair while because I'm fairly, I was fairly ambitious and I was wanting to make a good crack at it and I think I have and yeah, haven't really looked back. Fantastic. A lot of blokes would have given it away by now but uh, you've stuck at it which is fantastic and it's great for the club. Uh, yeah, yeah it's been um, good to be here and met a lot of good people along the way and um, it's a great club and I'm happy to be here. Beautiful. So, Dave, your two kids, Ali and Riley, are now both playing NSNTA seniors. So, when do they come? When they come home, do they run through their night with you, or do they get a bit upset, or what's their feeling like when they come home? Um, mm, Ali, she probably says uh, we got pumped, and <laughs> or yeah, we got got up, so she's happy. Riley, nah, he doesn't say much at all. He probably says. Um, good night, I'm going to go and play on the PlayStation. Gives me nothing. Gives me nothing. Bit like this interview, mate, but uh, we'll see what we can get out of you. So it's, a, it's only a really, really short interview. So um, anyway, back to this magnificent sporting complex here at the Sunbury Lawn Tennis Club. Now, apart from being the super coach that you are, I understand you're also on the following the junior committee, as well as being junior coordinator and publicity officer. Let's face it, mate, you are carrying the whole club as we speak. 
Now, having said that, in terms of publicity, is there any chance after this quick exchange of an interview that the publicity for this place might just fall over if anybody is actually going to listen to this? Um, possibly, yeah, maybe. Is, is there anything else I've missed out on what you do here, mate? Or um, Do I do anything else? Um, I'll probably do a little bit more, but it's probably part of the job. Probably do more than I have to, but it's all part of the job, I think. You can't just uh, hit balls and take people's money and just walk away, I don't think. Well, you can at some clubs. <laughs> well, you can at some clubs, but maybe that's why I've been here for so long. Indeed. So, the boys have had a few coaching lessons with you, and one of the first questions you asked is what section we were in. So, after we told you we were in C Special 1, you then quick to point out that you thought we were playing or trying to play like A-graders, when in fact the only time we get near the A-graders is either throwing the ball back to them, if we play next to them, or hearing their colourful language on a Thursday night. So it's a fair call, David. In your opinion, though, from what you've seen of the boys in the first round, because you had a good look at us, where do you think the improvements come from in those few short lessons? Uh, I would have to say consistency. And yep. definitely not trying to play like A-graders anymore. Um, just happy to get the ball back across court and keeping the ball in play and just trying to set up more points and hopefully the other person makes a mistake or the other team makes a mistake. See special one, anything can happen and that's usually how it goes. Yeah. So Dave, before I let you go, finally, I'm just going to run through with the boys that you've had a look at in three words or less. <laughs> I love, no, my, th- I I love my three, I love my three <laughs> words or less. Some people, however, can't keep three words. Eric, if you're listening to this, you know it's you. So I want you to try and nominate each person's strength and weakness. Three words or less, David. Matthew Clark, strength. Height. (laughs) (laughs) Weakness. Serve. Lachlan Smith. No, I shouldn't say that. Um, ambition. He's got good ambitions. It's very nicely played. Weakness. Weakness. Um, backhand. Eric Taylor. Um, I understand you've been working with Eric for a while, actually. Yeah, yep. yeah he's been here for a while. Um, his strengths, his intensity. That's pretty close to it. Is that right? Yep. Uh, his weakness. Um, he got me there. He's. I think I was listening to one of his the podcasts last week. What do you call it? The the, the Ninja Swing? No, it was the Curious. What's he called? Oh, the, the Tweener. The Tweener. Yep. Yeah. Good probably. God, you got to be flexible to do that, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Probably his tweener. I've seen him try to do it. It's not good. As long as you are the only one to witness that, we're quite happy with that. Ashley Hardy. Ooh, strengths. Um, his dedication and commitment. And you don't pump him up too much. <laughs> and his weakness. You take your time with this one. Uh, how long have I got here? Uh, you uh, have got a few minutes, mate. His weakness. Um, he... 
Um, it was his serve, but that's on track. Um, I would have to say his backhand and his chitter chatter. <laughs> Loves a chat. Does he worry you too much with his um, talk about constant talk about watching YouTube to improve his game? Uh, yes, that is a worry, and I've told him about that. I said that's got to stop. That's um, that's a no go. And hopefully he's listened to me. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, Mark Foster. Uh, um, rents would be forehand. And uh, weakness. Weakness. Um, down the line shots. Which he is trying to uh, eradicate as yeah. soon as possible, except for that one that you saw in week one. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Beautiful. Uh, that is all we expect from the master coach himself. Well, I'll tell you what, we're in the, we're in um, Dave's uh, studio at the moment. It is absolutely magnificent. Uh, great facilities here at Sunbury Lawn. I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you don't know anything about Sunbury Lawn, get onto their website. Dave's probably running it. Uh, check it out, come down, become a member and uh, if you're a young'un get Dave to give you a bit of coaching because he's a sensational man and we all love him for that. Anyway David Thuma, thank you very much for your time. No worries, thanks for having me Well good evening all welcome to this last segment of week 6 of the podcast, See Special 1 Summary Men's Business I'm your podcast host and captain Mark Foster Well, folks, wasn't that a set of fascinating interviews? I tell you what, boys, that pre-match interview with the standing captain, the key man. Didn't he sound pumped? Got me pumped after I finished with him. No doubt his excitement really got ripples flowing through the rest of the team. I really had to calm the boy down whilst he was talking. He was giving me too much. It was almost like one of those WWE wrestlers was being interviewed before he'd go and smash a chair over another dude's head. It reeked. It absolutely reeked of excitement. Now, funny thing, boys, before the second interview with the super coach, I did happen to take a call from Dave's good lady wife, Jackie, who was a little bit concerned with my pronunciation of his surname. As we all know, his surname is correctly pronounced Thuma, but I do enjoy saying it as Tuma. As to why Dave's surname isn't pronounced correctly by myself, well, let's hear it from the inspiration himself. Yes, I think we'll find that it definitely is not a tumor. Now, by the way, apologies for the audio with Dave's interview. Now, I'm not sure where that background music was coming from, but I do have a policy of doing it all in the one take when it comes to interviews. Enjoyed the chat with him, though, and I hope you boys did too. Now, just a reminder for those who don't want me to send the link on Anchor anymore, you can also hear this on podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Beaker, Spotify and Google Podcasts. So first of all, let's kick off with some feedback from episode 5, which of course was all about the loss to Keeler East and the subsequent interview with Eric E.T. Taylor. The hitman was quick to put his two cents in, which is basically what he makes down at Mitre 10 anyway. He said, another cracking show, though not much said about the Foster and Reynolds set. Um, interesting. Now this, folks, is exactly what is wrong with people who do not listen to the whole thing. It was covered, but that's what happens when you're just waiting for your segment to start. 
open your ears champ, that's all I'll say. He also said, E.T. is an interesting cat, still bossy though, and love the Foo Fighters. It's funny Hitman, I didn't have any problem with Eric, and I never do, possibly because I respect the man. As for loving the Foo Fighters, well then, Ashley, if you want it played, that is now officially off the playlist. Also got some feedback from the Clarkster, and my, 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 didn't he have a fair bit to say for once. It's fairly lengthy, so I'll endeavour to get through all of this. First of all, <coughs> he said, part one would normally come first, not with this little gem of a podcast. You are damn right, Matthew, this podcast will not and will never ever bow to the norm. He then went on to say that he rather enjoyed the bashing he copped and said it was natural for the strongest and most talented to be targeted. Now, Matthew, I'm just wondering whether your comments are reserved for the tennis court or the dodgy nightclubs and bars you used to frequent in your youth. In addition, he has asked me to please try and keep Harding's last date down as he could hear a barking in the background of part two. He meant part one in the spot of part two. I'll tell you what, Matthew, I literally spat my coffee out when I read that from you, mate. That was absolutely outstanding, that comment. He also had some pre-match analysis. This is a new thing for him. In regards to the one loss, one, sorry, the one game loss the week before. Quote, Harding cost us the win. E.T. tried his best to drag him over the line, but that is one heavy sack of old onions. Fair call, Matthew, but I'm not quite sure why we are focusing on the size and state of the hitman's genitals. He also expressed his reservations about Harding being number four. Now, sometimes, Matthew, he's a bit of advice for you, mate. It is good to give the underprivileged a bit of charity. Having said, he's just come down to see what it's like living on your planet every week. Finally, Matthew wrapped up by saying, all in all, another brilliant podcast. It's got to be running a close second to the likes of the Joe Rogan experience and other top raiders. Well, all I could say to that, Matthew, is I listened to a bit of Rogan's podcast this week. Now, that man has done over 1,150 podcasts compared to six, and he is yet to get any of these boys on his episodes, so I think I'm one up on him. Let's face it, anyone could get Neil deGrasse Tyson or Steve Tyler on their show, but ask for ET and you he will be firmly up against it. Finally, unpronounceable surname said, You're a natural. Love it. I hope that is talking about my podcast abilities you are talking about, so I will take the compliment. So, with last week's stuff out the way, let's look forward to what's coming up in this episode. And it's a pretty packed episode again. So we'll break down round three, find out who's leading the Audi Player of the Year award, go around the grounds thanks to Pop Mummy Australia, check out who's got the bromance of the week, and get into a new segment, similarly along the lines of the bromance, but in a totally opposite direction. It's a new segment, which means that this podcast is forever evolving the more the weeks go by, which is a good thing. It's a bit like Lachlan's antics on court when the pressure's on. You scratch your head wondering where it's going, you fear for it, and wonder whether it's all going to kick off at some stage, but then at the same time salivate at the prospect you don't really know where it's going to end up, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. Oh, and there's a weekly poll question that you can get back to me on too. Now having said that, the Sunbury boys came up against the undefeated St John Bosco. As we hadn't played them before, we didn't know what to expect. Time, however, would tell to see whether their two wins would turn into three. Wasn't a cold night and not much breeze to speak of, so at least the captain and no other spectators wasn't too cold. As we all know, Lachlan was handed the captain's armband, which meant we all knew one thing would be coming. White line fever, 
a dropped racket or two, and general abuse. The lineups for round three were as follows Taylor 1, Smith 2, Clark 3, Reynolds 4. So the boys had two courts, so matches pretty much went the same duration. Taylor and Smith started together, which left Clark and Reynolds on the other court. Now, what transpired for both sets of doubles was simultaneous and something I'd never seen before. Taylor and Smith were 5-1 down before anyone could blink, and Clark and Reynolds were in deep trouble at 5-2 down. So John Boscos were winning more than a fair few points at the net. Now, whether the tactics changed, I couldn't tell, but inch by inch, both matches turned. Both matches were tied at 5-all, and the captain on the sidelines was biting his nails. Taylor and Smith did the unthinkable and nailed victory 6-5, but Clark and Reynolds just fell short, losing 5-6. Scores were level after the first two sets. Now, sometimes after a huge comeback, boys, the next set can go quickly if you're not switched on, and that's exactly what happened. Taylor and Clark on the one court, Reynolds and Smith on the other. Like an excitable guy on his first day of work on an adult film site, Taylor and Clark romped to victory 6-2, but on the other side of the net, Reynolds and Smith, however, performed like someone who'd been doing it for way too long, copped a caning, went down 6-1. St John Bosco up one game with two sets to play. The last two sets saw Taylor and Reynolds team up with Clark and Smith on the other court. Both sets started well, with the Summary boys being 2-1 up, and the games proceeded to go down like a mirror image. Four all at one stage, so victory was still within the boys' progress and grasp. Sadly, that's where it all ended up, with St John Bosco winning both sets 6-4, ensuring a 31-26 victory on the night for the visitors. Now, one thing to note, boys. St John Bosco had a name on their team sheet, Trevor Spencer. I noted this guy's name on the team sheet, for all you football fans. Okay, for all of you. Trevor Spencer played a handful of games for Essendon, Melbourne and Geelong in the late 80s to early 90s, continuing the trend of ex-VFL, AFL footballers to play NSNTA. The only memory I've really got of Trevor Spencer is him playing for the Cats in the 91 qualifying final against a rampaging plugger. If memory serves me correct, he got torn a new one in the second quarter when Plugger kicked about three in about five minutes. Still, without a doubt, one of the best games I have ever witnessed. I could talk for about an hour on that game, but I won't. I might regale you all one day later. So I'll be putting the name in the memory bank for the next time we play them on their dung heap. Possibly might have to pull the old Saints Guernsey out and stick a big number four on the back. So, summing up, the positives has got to be the first two sets. Absolutely no right for any of us to get back into it. No right at all. But it's amazing what happens when the pressure is on. The tactics change too for mine. And I don't know if it was something evolved, but it was definitely there for all to see. Good to see all the boys getting towards the net, as St John Bosco had definitely been dominant in that area. You know what happens when you get into the net? The opposition will start making the mistakes, hitting it into the net, hitting it out, or trying to go down the sidelines. I, for one, can never accuse these boys of giving up, and for that we should all be proud. As for the negatives, pretty hard to say. Boys had their chances in the last two sets, maybe just licked, just lacked, I should say, a little bit of polish at the end. Certainly was full of pressure the night. They are definitely the kind of nights I hate watching, because there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Full of pressure, and nothing anyone from the sidelines can influence. But I'll tell you what, it'll put us in good stead for those close ones later in the season.
So, after this week, let's go to the Audi Australia Player of the Year Award. The votes were as follows. One vote, Laurie Reynolds. Tough night for the veteran, still working his way into the season. I think he's ready to explode in the next few weeks though, boys. Not literally, hopefully. Eight games down for the night. Two votes, Lachlan Smith. Had a very, very interesting night. Part of the epic comeback with Eric. Had a poor second set after that. Did the captaincy being temporary cause him grief? Because I witnessed at least two racket drops. Lachlan ending six down for the night. Three votes, Matthew Clark. I'll tell you what, boys, his pre-season is reaping benefits, the big man. Showed some good court speed. Yes, court speed. When he had to dig a few balls out, hung in there, and that's what the big man needs to do on a weekly basis. Although... As we all know, some things, Matthew, do not change. For example, your best air swing I've ever seen from you in a long time. He's still got the excitement factor when it counts. One up for the night. Four votes goes to the great man, Eric. What a pre-season. He is really getting that consistency up. Played very, very, very well against the number one, except for him completely missing one ball in the first set. Finished two games up. So let's go to the leaderboard after this week. And there's a little bit of movement. All the boys have now played two games each. Eric Taylor is the new leader on seven votes, ahead of Clark and Smith on six. Ashley Harding sits on five, with Foster one behind on four votes. Reynolds is currently bringing up the rear on two votes. I'll tell you what, boys. Absolutely. Thank you, Louis. Back to me. Audi Australia. It's sleek. It's shiny. It goes like the clappers. The Germans, they eventually got something right after their smallish type of issues in the 40s. i tell you what, folks, I did not see that coming. If you've never driven an Audi, then chances are you don't own one or know anyone who ever does. Or ever will. Audi. Vorsprung der Technik. Audi, get one now. Now thanks to the second sponsor, Pop Mummy Australia, it's time to go around the grounds for C-Special 1 action. First up, Duda Geller destroyed Greenvale by 16 games, winning 35-19. to 19. Early days, but looks like Greenvale are seriously going to struggle in this section. Merlinston grabbed their first win of the week with a hard-fought five-game victory over Royal Park, 32-27. Interesting to note, one of our old nemesises from Merlinston a few years ago, Lawrence Morton was an emergency and predeceded to win two of his three sets easily. And in the much-typed game of the round, okay, it was actually hyped up by me last week, but I bet they had a lookout for this one. Tullamarine easily accounted for Green for Keeler East, I should say, winning 34 games to 23, although Keeler East number one was missing from their lineup. So, a quick look at the ladder, boys. As soon as I bring it up, that sees us sitting fifth. Next week's game sees Merlinston travel to Greenvale, Keeler East hosting Royal Park, while the game of the round sees Tullamarine face up to St John Bosco away. That roundup, boys, was proudly sponsored by Pop Mummy Australia. Ladies, for a limited time only, Pop Mummy Australia welcomes all new orders for bridal dresses with no deposit required. Yes, no deposit. No obligation to buy. Come try on the dress when it arrives at the Sunbury store. Only purchase when you're happy with the dress. Pop Mummy Australia takes the risks out of ordering online. 
No more ordering over, what if the dress doesn't fit me? What if the dress only looks good in the pictures? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. We have all been there. Well, now you can try it on before paying a single cent. If you can't come to Sunbury, we can post and we accept refunds or returns minus shipping for any reason within 14 days. Satisfaction guaranteed. Pop Mummy Australia is conveniently located in Sunbury. Pop Mummy Australia. Try the website now. So, how do we look for next week? To be honest, I wouldn't have a clue. Dudigala sit 2-1, and one, losing to St John Bosco by one game in round one, then defeated an undermanned Merlinston team and hammered a listless Greenvale. So ideally their form is hard to read. It's a toss of the coin, but if we bring the determination and the desire shown in at least the first two sets, then we should set ourselves up nicely to be 2-2. Two and two. Out of this week, out for this week is Smith with Foster coming into the side. Due to prior engagements, both Harding and Smith are unavailable, so that means Laurie will get a crack at redemption. So this week's stat. Did you know that we are the most vulnerable in the first two sets of each match we have played so far? Our ledger stands at 3-3, three and three, so if we can get the first two sets this week, it should ensure that the result takes care of itself. Now, thanks to our friends at Candlebuck Retreat in Beechworth, who quite frankly have no idea that I'm promoting him, it's time for the mmm, get a room segment. This week's wonderful celebratory bromance was between Eric and Matthew, who prevailed with a comfortable 6-2 victory in the third set. Mmm, Clark and Taylor. One's Canadian and the other isn't. It is a match made in tennis heaven. Candlebuck Retreat in Beechworth, what a magnificent establishment. Located between Chilton and Beechworth, it's perfect for that weekend getaway. Yes, it's well worth a trip to Beechworth and Chilton, whether it's generally relaxing, having a beer, bird watching, or just visiting the magnificent Beechworth Bakery, it is the place to be. Candlebark Retreat, book it now. So, where are we up to in the podcast, boys? It is now time for a new segment which I know you've all been waiting for since I started this podcast a few minutes ago. I'm going to call it, It's Not Me, It's You. Yes, this is a good chance to find out the combination that truly sucked big time for the previous week. If we're going to celebrate the bromance, we might as well enjoy the dysfunctional relationships around this place too. This week's winners or losers, well the losers, were Mr White Line Fever himself, the temporary captain Lockie, and the gourmet sausage Laurie Reynolds, who managed to look like they were asleep in going six games down to one. To be fair, though, they had come off a tough first set. There is light at the end of the tunnel, boys, in the form of a bloody big train coming the other way. Toot toot! That was a smashing! Round two's unfortunate holders was yours truly and the wily veteran Laurie, with round one's combination being the hitman and myself. Now, in my defence, boys, Laurie and I got steamrolled in the second week and I just plainly enjoy having the hitman choke next to me. Anyway, it's a prestigious award to win. Now, by the way, boys, this new segment does not have a sponsor, so send me your suggestions as to who you think we should get on board. Any company you hate, you can't stand, that's ripped you off in the past, that have been horrible to you, where the staff suck and the management don't give a shit, Send me their name and I'll give them a plug. So, as promised, this week's poll question is as follows. 
and it's a good one to start off. The plane is going to go down and you have one less parachute than you thought. Who out of the team do you not give it to? Yes, that's the question, boys. Who do you not give it to? You know where to send the answer. So just before I finish, boys, whilst I was actually getting this podcast done, I actually got a call from a fellow by the name of Ian Openshaw from the NSNTA. So he actually gave me, gave me a call to let me know St John Bosco hadn't put their results in. As to what I said to him, I told him we put our results straight in when we win because they're few and far between. Sometimes we'll even do it before we finish. Bad news, boys, is we can't take the points off them. Good news, however, is they'll copper fine. Anyway, that should do it from here, which is incidentally being broadcast from the Foster Family Zoo today. It's a magnificent day, magnificent evening. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the window. On that note, good night. And uh, good luck.